Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 453, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. And in today's episode, I'm going to go back to what has been the most familiar format for me, and that is a solo hosted show. It's been a while. In fact, I've had a lot of people who continue to reach out to me on a consistent basis and say, hey, I'm so-and-so and I think I would be a great guest on your podcast. And for years, my response to that has been, great, I think that's wonderful that you have reached out to me, but just so you know, my podcast is not an interview format podcast. It's not typically what I do on my particular show. But if you listen to the previous six weeks worth of episodes of this podcast, guess what? They're all pretty much interviews. I prefer to call them conversations with friends, but in all, for all intents and purposes, they're interviews. Okay, let's let's just be real about that. I for the past six episodes, and what's interesting is that this episode, no interview, no conversation with a friend. And it feels kind of weird. It's like, wow, I, I wonder if I should have somebody on and talk about a particular topic. And I probably will, in future episodes, be bringing in more valuable conversations with great friends of mine. And for my podcast, by the way, if anybody's interested, I tend to only want to have people that I already know and have established relationships with. Or... The exception to that rule might be somebody out there that happens to be an expert in a particular niche or field that I'm already aware of who they are and what value they offer to me personally, and I believe strongly that the value that I've received from that individual would be extremely valuable for my audience, for my community to hear as well. But even in that circumstance, I don't necessarily want to just have some expert out of the blue, somebody that I'm unaware of come and invite themselves on to my show. I'd rather be introduced to them and their message and and if I kind of take on to what they've got to offer and I say, hey, this is great, then I, I'd like to be the person who in, initiates the whole, hey, would you like to be a guest on my show? Would you like to come on to my show and have a conversation with me? And yeah, so there's that. But anyway, all of that aside, after the previous six weeks of episodes, I'm here with a solo hosted show, and it is going to be a live to hard drive. That means I'm not going to do a lot of editing on this after the fact, and some of that has to do with the fact that it is Thursday evening, and it's 10.55 p.m., which means that I am running right up on the deadline yet again to get you your episode that I've promised to have every Friday morning at 5 a.m. for you through the year of 2016. So, yeah, what am I going to do in this episode? What am I going to talk about? I'm going to share with you, first and foremost, something that I'm very excited about that I have finally gotten around to doing in my studio, and you may not notice the difference, but I can tell you right now, I notice the difference. I feel the difference. And I mean, like, I don't physically feel the difference, but I feel the difference in the vibe of the show because something 
is missing in this episode that has been in, well, let's just say every single episode for two years that I've lived in this house. There's something that's missing. And actually, last week's introduction, let's see, last week was the conversation that I had with Mike Russell. Actually, I think the entire episode, what I'm talking about, I think was already implemented in, in last week's episode, episode 452, and I believe it was in the intro of 451. What I'm talking about, the thing that is missing was missing in all of last week's episode. Didn't get anybody who had emailed me and say, Cliff, I've noticed a drastic change in your audio. Is something different? (laughs) Nobody's reached out to me, but I noticed the difference. And I'm going to tell you what that difference is today and how I achieved it and why it probably isn't that big of a deal. Although some of you are going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad he shared that because I've been dealing with this forever. And the reality is, is you've been dealing with it in your own head most of the time in, I'd say, 90% of the cases out there, your audience has no clue that it's actually there. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about echo, all right? I'm talking about room ambient echo in your studio space. Now, some of you have echo in your in your audio quality or in your podcast, and it is noticeable. And not only is it noticeable, it's just downright distracting, okay? There, there are some of you, you, you and, and what's typically going on in that scenario? Maybe you're recording in a basement where if there are walls, All of the walls are completely bare. There's nothing on the walls, no paintings, no furniture in the room. You maybe have a flat ceiling as well, and you have concrete floors or tile floors. If you have all hard surfaces on, you know, every wall surrounding you and above you and below you, no carpeting, chances are you probably sound like you're in some sort of, you know, echo chamber and your audio does have a lot of echo and it is probably very noticeable. But I can tell you that a lot of the people that come to me and say, Cliff, you know, I'm just really concerned about this echo that I hear in my audio. And I'm like, gosh, I listened to your audio before I read that comment and I didn't notice it. But now that you pointed out, yes, I do hear that echo, but it's not something I would have pulled out on my own. Yes, it's there, but you're using a dynamic microphone, and because of that, I, it, it's basically rejecting pretty much most everything except for the audio that's coming directly from your microphone. And so I, I try to convince most of these people that you don't really need to do anything to address that echo. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop talking about that, and I'm going to tell you the story about the echo in my studio space here in the Next Level Studios and how I completely eliminated it. Finally, two years later. All right, so let's go back two years ago. Two years ago, my wife Stephanie and I built the home that we're living in today. Now, for the first eight years of my business, we Basically, we're po- I was actually podcasting in a, well, it started out in the living room, setting it up whenever I wanted to record. That was a huge hassle, but eventually, we moved it into our lower, lower level of our home previously, which is a very small bi-level home. Total square footage of the entire house was 1,200 square feet, and in the lower level, we had this living room or family room area, and I was 
allowed to take up an entire corner where I left my studio gear set up every week. And over time, that studio gear started to add more pieces of furniture and equipment and tables and stuff like that. And it started taking up half of the family room downstairs. And eventually, we made the decision that, hey, I want to turn this into my full-time income. And I ended up putting a wall in the middle of our family room, basically dividing our family room in half and basically reducing the size of our family room to half what it was before and the other half on the other side of this new wall that we had installed was a 10 foot by 11 foot office which became my studio. Now, it was a little tiny cramped space and it it worked and did its purpose for quite some time but eventually we got to the place where we started to outgrow our old home and we desperately wanted a new environment, not just for our family, but also for this business to grow and for the studio space. That I had some pretty ambitious goals that were going through my mind at the time. They're still there today. And I knew that I wanted in our new home, I wanted to have a dedicated, significant studio space. And so, I built into our new home, our lower level of our home. Basically, we have a a two-story home, and our lower level, or the basement, has been converted to a massive studio space. Now, the studio space that I'm in right now is 518 square feet, and it has a 14-foot by 14-foot section that I call my office area. That's where my desk is and that's where I do my audio podcasting in front of my computer. And then it, you know, it's kind of L-shaped. So the other area outside of this 14 by 14 foot by 14 foot space that I'm in right now, the other area is 14 foot by, I don't know, 27 feet or something like that. It, you know, it's a good long Uh, space. It's about twice the size of what I'm in right here. And it's this big, huge L shape. And the idea was that when I built this space, that the desk area would be my podcast or audio podcasting space. And that big area would be multi-purpose. And one of the purposes would be to set up a video studio space, a dedicated video space for me to create video-related content for my YouTube channel and maybe even a particular video show in the future at some point down the road. The other multi-purpose or the other purpose of the multi-purpose was that I was thinking I could use this as a training facility as well. I could bring as many as 10, 15, maybe even 20 people into this other space out here, the the, the longer portion of the L shape of my studio space. And I could set up folding tables and folding chairs and, and bring people in and, and we could do some weekend workshops, some one day mastermind events and things like that. And it's certainly big enough for that. There's no question. But one thing that I that never happened is I never got around to building my studio set once we moved in. It was a busy time when we moved in and had built the house and and as a result of that I I, I think I was we moved in right at the same time that we that I had launched a June session of podcasting A to Z two years ago. And so I just needed to get my audio equipment set up. I needed to get my desk set up. And I'm like, okay, this is just a temporary solution. Well, fast forward two years, my desk is in the same exact spot it was then. The equipment is all in the same exact spot that it was then. And nothing has moved 
And until just a couple weeks ago, there were the same boxes that I brought into this office and stuffed into a corner at the other end of this big studio space. The same boxes that were moved in two years ago were still there just a couple weeks ago. And finally, a couple weeks ago, I invited my friend Tim Schmoyer to come over and I said, Tim, and by the way, Tim Schmoyer is a very well-known guy in the YouTube space. He has a site over at videocreators.com. I met him in Las Vegas at New Media Expo a couple years ago and we became very close friends. He lives right down the road from me and I didn't know that. It took us going to a conference in, in Las Vegas for us to meet and here we live within you know 10 miles of each other and we go cycling all the time and stuff like that. And he's offered many times, hey, if you ever have any questions about video or anything like that, I'm always happy to help, man. Just let me know. And so texted him one day and said, hey, do you want to come over and help me set up a video studio in my studio space? I think I'm finally ready to clean this place out and get this done. And he said yes, and we scheduled a time, and I started clearing out the boxes and and cleaning up this space over there that has just been unused for two years. And my thinking was that this video space is just going to take a little corner in the side of my studio here, and and I it would be this permanent set that I could just set up against the wall, and then I could whenever I wanted to, I could just you know bring the folding tables out and set them up and have the quote unquote classroom style slash training space or conference room style uh, conference table set up for mastermind events. Well. <laughs> Tim came over and he's telling me all of the reasons why I shouldn't set up everything right up against the wall. Uh, you know, you need you need to actually come, I think we're probably about six to eight foot away from the wall as far as the spot where I would stand or even sit in the studio space. And the reason for that is so that the shadow behind me on the wall would be diffused. Otherwise, if I'm too close to the wall, there's this really dark shadow, an outline of me, and it doesn't look very professional. And and so that's one of the things that you want to do is, is you want to be far away. And then I didn't even think about it, but you know, all the lighting and stuff like that, he showed me how to do the fill light and the light that's overhead and and all the key lights and all these things. And I've got all these soft boxes that I've had, and finally we put them to good use. But they're so far in front of where I stand and behind the camera or at least, you know, the distance of the camera. And I'm like, wow, this this video studio that is permanently set up takes up all of this space. I mean, it takes up 75% of the the rectangle space in this L-shaped section of my studio. And I'm thinking, wow, uh, okay, if I want to keep my video studio set up, I don't know that I could actually set this up for training. Now, here's the deal. Everything that I have set up, the table and and the lights and the camera and all that, th- everything that's set up over there, within an hour, I could remove all of it and put it into the guest room and then I could set up the training space and do a live events here and all of those things. The only thing is, though, is after that event is over, I then have to bring all of that stuff back out and get it set up exactly like it is now. And so one thing that I'm kind of concerned about is, am I going to 
do live training events here like I had originally planned. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's be less hassle just to go ahead and reserve a, a meeting room at one of the local hotels here or office complexes or something like that and host the meetings instead of come, you know, maybe inviting people to come out to the live events and stuff like that. And then we can have dinner in our home and I can show them the studio rather than actually doing the training in the studio. I don't know. That's still up in the air. And that really has very little to do with what I want to talk to you about it, which is the, uh, the echo in the room. But all of this is just a part of the story of what's been going on and what this space was originally created for. But the main purpose of the studio space uh, that we built here was primarily for audio podcasting. That is my main focus when it comes to creating content. But I did know when I moved here, I wanted to have a somewhat permanent video space. I wanted to be able to, at any moment, at any given moment during the day, I wanted to walk over, turn the camera lights on, turn the camera on, and go stand in the little spot that says X marks the spot. We even have a little table in front of that spot that doesn't necessarily show up in the video for the way that we have it set up right now. But uh, I know exactly where to stand. I can hit the record button, boom. I'm instantly able to record a video anytime I want and it is great. I love it I, and, and I have that now. And yes, it takes up all, you know, all of that space, but, but you know, it, it, that was the primary focus of that. The training space was a secondary and it's still the possibility, but you know, we've already covered that. So two years ago, I built this home. My wife and I built this home and we moved in and now we have the audio space and the video space, but we still had one very big problem and this has been a problem since day one the very first day that we moved in and that is the fact that well we have a very large open space 518 square foot of open studio space and it is all drywall and there has been since the day we moved in nothing not a single painting not very much furniture except for my desk and a couple computers Nothing on any walls anywhere that will deflect or absorb any of the sound that bounces off the walls. The ceilings are all flat. And even in this 14 foot by 14 foot space that is my office space, there's these big, huge, gigantic windows on all three of the walls. So it's pretty much just a huge echo chamber. And we do have carpeting. We It is concrete foundation, but we do have... Uh, commercial carpeting, but it is just that. It's commercial carpeting. It's not real thick carpeting. It's 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 that real uh, low pile commercial grade carpeting. And so it, it, it's better than having concrete floors or tile floors when it comes to sound and echo. But still, this this space was a was pretty much an echo chamber. Now, here's the thing: it wasn't that big a deal when it came to my audio podcast. When it came to this podcast here, I've been podcasting this podcast every single week for two years, and I've never had a single person complain about the echo that is in this podcast. 
Now, there is no echo in this podcast, this episode right here, but in previous episodes going, let's just go three weeks before this one and for the past two years prior to that, there has been echo. It was there. And if you go back to anything prior to episode 440, well, let's just say anything episode, anything before episode 450 and where I'm in the studio, which is pretty much every episode, go and listen and you have to listen with headphones on. If you don't listen with headphones, you're not going to hear the echo. But now that you know that I'm telling you that anything prior to episode 450 for the last two years has echo in it, go back and listen to it and you will hear the echo there. Now, the reason why you may have not noticed it before is, well, number one, you're not listening for it. And number two, I'm using a Heil PR40, which is a dynamic microphone. And a dynamic microphone is different from a condenser microphone. A condenser microphone, they're typically very sensitive and they pick up every ambient noise in the room and, and it's just very, very sensitive stuff. Whereas a dynamic microphone is typically only going to be picking up audio that's really close to the microphone itself, uh, just by nature. I mean, you can you can turn the gain up on a dynamic microphone and have it pick up lots of ambient noise, and you can take a condenser microphone and turn the gain way down and get real close to it and reject a lot of that audio as well. And I certainly have worked with a lot of students who have gone through podcasting A to Z and even clients when I do one-on-one. And, and have been able to teach them how to use a condenser microphone in a room that typically would have lots of echo and, and stuff like that. But by nature, I've been using this high PR40 dynamic microphone. And because I keep the gain down and I'm really close to the microphone, it really hasn't picked up too much of the echo. Now, I also have in my studio, in my setup, I, I have my high PR40 microphone going into my mixer. And then I do have a, a an MDX 4600 compressor limiter gate. And it's, it's this audio processing equipment. And its main feature that it does for me, the main function that it does for me, is that it shuts off the audio when I'm not talking. It basically completely says everything is perfectly silent. I want nothing from the microphone except for when Cliff is talking. And how it does that is I have it set as a threshold to only allow audio to come in from my microphone when the volume level of what the microphone has picked up is at a certain level. And if it's below the volume level that I set, then I want you to to not let that audio come in through the microphone. And the purpose of that is I actually have a air, con- air conditioner vent above my desk area that I have here in the office. And if the air conditioner is on, and I'm not talking, the the air conditioner is actually going real quietly in the background. Now, it, it, what happens is, let's just say on a scale of one to 10, my voice is coming in as a, as a solid eight right now, all right? But if you listen to the volume level of the air conditioner vent when it is blowing in my office, it, let's just say it's on a, it's on a two on the volume scale. And so what I do is I tell the MDX 4600, I don't want you to let anything come from my microphone into my recording unless the volume level is at least volume level five. And so what happens is when I stop talking, which is volume level eight, all of a sudden there's nothing else coming through the microphone that is 
you know, a volume level five or greater, the let's just say the air conditioner is going in the background, it's volume level two, but as soon as I stop talking, because the only other audio in the room is a volume level two, boom, the gate shuts, the gate closes the door behind my voice, and when I stop talking, it's completely silent, just like that. Now, uh, when I do talk, what happens is my voice is volume level eight, it opens up the gate, and guess what, if the air conditioner vent is going at the same time, the air conditioner vent audio technically is coming through the microphone at the same time my voice is, but my voice is a volume level eight, which beats out the volume level two of the air conditioner vent, which means that you're not gonna hear the air conditioner vent blowing the air because my voice is overpowering that, and when I stop talking, silence. All right, so that's what this gate does. Now, the gate also has what they call attack, and and I can't remember the other thing, but anyway, it has the attack ratio. So how quickly when I start talking does it does it open the gate, and then how quickly does it release? Yeah, I think it's attack and release, but how quickly does it release the gate or, or close the gate back up to shut off the audio after I stop talking? And, and so what happens is that um, I ha- I'm able to sh- shut that off, and because of that, the gate also would have allowed me to not let you hear so much echo, but what I want to do is I want to play for you some audio so that you can hear the difference of what it sounded like before. Now, what I did is I created, before I installed it, any sound treatment in my studio to get rid of the echo, I took my high LPR 40 right here where I'm sitting right now and I recorded some sample audio, but I didn't want to do it with the gate engaged. I Basically, I unplugged the MDX 4600 so that all it was was my high LPR 40 going into my mixer, going into my recorder, and what I'm about ready to play for you now is the before audio, and now that I've explained all of this, I want you to listen closely for the echo, and by the way, If you're listening to this via your car speakers or if you're listening to this via your computer with your, you know, just regular computer speakers or even a, you know, speaker setup, uh, if you're listening to this through an Amazon Echo, if you're listening to this just through the speakers on your your smartphone, probably not going to hear the Echo. However, if you put some earbuds in or if you put a set of headphones on and you listen to what I'm about ready to play for you, then you will likely hear the echo, all right? So here it is, this is the before sound treatment audio recording. Okay, so this audio recording is me in my studio here speaking into the Heil PR40 microphone but with no audio processing equipment. Therefore, there is no gate and because there is no gate, the audio echo in the room probably can be picked up a little bit more, especially when I stop talking the the echo from my voice after I stop talking because the gate's not cutting it out is probably letting it in quite a bit more. This is audio in my studio prior to installing my audio absorption panels. All right, so there you go. Now, if you go back and listen to that 30-second clip, uh, you will hear the echo there. You can just go keep going back and listen to it and listen close, you'll hear the, the audio has echo. Now again, it wasn't terrible, and it was even without the gate, it wasn't terrible. But and and it was there, and people never once ever said, "Cliff, do you know you have an echo in your room?" 
uh, in your in your audio for Podcast Answer Man for Cliff Ravenscraft Show. I, I've never had anybody in the past two years ever say, Cliff, I, I listen to your show, but I never, you say you're an audio snob, but I hear an echo in your in your audio. Now, what I want to do is I want to share with you audio that I recorded this afternoon. Now, just to give you, you know, a, a sample of what the exact same setup sounds like now that I've actually eliminated the echo in my studio. This afternoon, I unplugged the MDX 4600 gate again, which, by the way, I am using right now. But uh, earlier today, I unplugged the gate and I, again, high microphone only, going into the mixer, going directly into the recorder. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play just a couple more seconds of the before, which is this. Okay, so this audio recording is me in my studio here speaking into the Heil PR40 microphone, but with no audio processing equipment. Okay, and this is what it sounds like today in the same exact setup. This is an updated audio sample of me in my studio speaking directly into my Heil PR40 microphone, no gate included whatsoever, and as you can tell, there is no echo in this room whatsoever. There you go. Echo completely eliminated. Now, why did I do it? If it wasn't such a big deal, nobody's ever complained, why did I finally do what I did to eliminate the echo? And it has everything to do with the fact that I set up the video setup. What I'm gonna do for you, I I actually created a video that I put on YouTube tonight that I'm going to put into the show notes so that it will actually demonstrate for anybody who wants to see the video of of what the uh, what video sounds like before and after with the uh, audio absorb. Well, I I don't want to give you all the details of how I did. It. I'm going to tell you in just a second how I eliminated the audio. Uh, actually, I can tell you now. They're audio absorption panels. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it. But what I want to do is I'm going to play the audio of a video that I just created, and it will demonstrate for you the before and after. Actually, it's going to start with what I recorded tonight, and it's going to flash back to what the audio sounded like when I created videos before the sound treatment. So have a listen to the audio from this video that I that I just put on YouTube. Hey everybody, Cliff Ravenscraft here from PodcastAnswerMan.com and I'm coming to you from my brand new video studio setup that I've got going on here in the Next Level Studios. Now, I wanted to record this video to demonstrate the fact that my audio in my studio, even though I'm using a condenser lavalier microphone, which by the way, you can't see right now, it's actually underneath my t-shirt. But anyway, What I wanted to demonstrate to you is the excellent audio quality that I've been able to get as a result of installing sound absorption panels all throughout my studio walls and even a couple up on the ceilings here in the studio. Now, what I wanna do right now is I wanna jump to a video that was created a couple weeks ago after I had just set up this video studio space, but before I installed these audio absorption panels. Listen for the echo. Have a listen. Hey everybody, Cliff Ravenscraft here from podcastanswerman.com and I have a question for you. Have you ever wanted to launch a podcast but it just seemed like it was out of your reach? I've known many people who have spent months and in some cases even years researching online how to launch a podcast but they never seem to put anything online. Well, there you go. Now, compare what you just heard to what you're hearing right now, and you'll notice that the echo that was once there, very noticeable, and in my mind, kind of distraction, 
it's not there anymore. No echo. This sounds really good and it has everything to do with the audio absorption panels that I have put into my studio space. If you want to learn more about it, head over to podcastanswerman.com, episode number 453, which you can find at podcastanswerman.com slash 453, where I share all the details about these audio absorption panels. So there you go. <laughs> you can tell a big difference when it comes to standing over in that studio space with a condenser microphone or a condenser lavalier microphone compared to the Heil PR40. So when I started to record video with my new video setup, I'm like, okay, people are consistently commenting on the Echo. And yes, I knew it was there. Very distracting, I know. And no matter, I had actually published, I don't know, eight, nine, ten different little video segments that I had recorded from my studio space prior to doing the the sound treatment that I did and every no matter what the topic was there were all kinds of different topics there was one promoting podcasting a to z there was one talking about this one talking about that all these different topics and every single time I published a video using that setup the video set looked amazing the lighting was amazing but every single time there was always two, three, four, five different comments on every video I was posting saying, hey, you've got a really bad echo, but everything else looks great. You know, I'm sure you'll get that dialed in. And so I'm like, okay, I definitely need to finally do something about this echo. Now, when I first built the home and moved in, I knew immediately that I had this echo sound. I, I walked into the studio space after they had finished it and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have to do something about that. And I remembered going over and doing a consulting job for my friend Stuart Crane. Now, Stuart had this office that was pretty wide open, and it would typically be the type of space that would have tons of echo. But when you walked in the room, it had this very warm feel and sound to it, and there was no echo. And what he had told me is that when he first had this office built, there was a, a lot of echo in there. And, you know, he was going to use this as a place where he would do some work and also have a TV in there. And when you would watch TV, it would be very echoey. And so he had somebody come out, a professional sound engineer come out, and he suggested putting in some audio absorption panels. And basically, it's, it's just this frame with all kinds of material inside of it with fabric padding on the outside. And basically what he said is that, you know, that it, it basically absorbs all of the audio in the room. It keeps it from reflecting back off the walls. And it didn't actually take a ton of these. He didn't have to cover every single wall in the room. Just a couple of these placed in the right spot simply eliminated all of the echo in his office, and it was incredible. And since I saw that, I all of a sudden started to notice that these audio absorption panels are everywhere. In fact, the next time you go to a conference at a hotel, any of the conference rooms that you're in, go to the walls and look at them, and chances are you're gonna see decorative fabric audio panels all over the place. If you go to the, your movie theater, your local movie theater, look on the walls, you're gonna see acoustic panels there, and these panels are sound absorption panels. Now, I'm not a professional audio sound absorption engineer or anything like that, but one of the things that I knew is that, hey, I have an echo in here, and I know that if I was to put some sound absorption panels on these walls, 
it would eliminate the echo. I, I do know enough to know that. And so as soon as I moved into the studio space, I started doing some research and I found this one place that said they had low cost uh, sound absorption panels. And I, I think it was actually, yeah, it just says low cost acoustic panels. And it's from this company called Automute. In fact, I actually have a link to the exact page where I ordered mine from. And you can go there at podcastanswerman.com slash sound panels. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash sound panels. Anyway, this took me to Automute and I noticed just how expensive these things are. I mean, they're they're not cheap. But I started to look around and I noticed that there were less expensive ones other places. And as I started digging around and doing some research and finding out how these things are rated and the NRC, I believe, rating and the, you know, 1.0 is the best and and all these other, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, so these less expensive ones, they don't have the NRC rating that I want. I Okay, I'm sold. I want to get Automute audio panels, these audio absorption panels when I'm ready to do it. But the one that I was looking at, I'm thinking, okay, to, to do enough of these, I, I'm, I've got a pretty big space, lots of walls, and I want to do this right. And I want to get, I, I don't want to take any chances. Now, chances are I, I could have had somebody from the company come out and do a test of the room. And the reality is, is probably if I would have done that, I may have spent a couple hundred dollars to have somebody come out and professionally test the room and and give a diagnostic and and quote of exactly what panels need to go where and and probably could have got by with half of the panels that I actually have in my studio space now. But for whatever reason I didn't go that route. I'm like I'm thinking okay, I'm just going to wait until I can afford these things and and when I finally decided, okay, now I have to do it for this video setup, and of course my studio, my audio studio is gonna benefit from this as well, I'm ready to do this. And I picked out this 20 pack of acoustic panels. It's called the Large Room Kit. And it comes with 16 two foot by three foot audio acoustic panels, and it comes with four bass traps. Now, bass traps are basically audio acoustic panels. They're two foot by two foot in, and, but the, instead of being two, instead of being two inches thick, they're four inches thick. So they're, they're really designed to capture even more of the lower frequency, uh, volume that, you know, to trap that bass from going and echoing throughout the room or, and stuff like that. But anyway, they, they also function as audio absorption panels. They just actually are more absorbent than the the non the ones that are not quite four inches thick. Anyway, what I ended up doing was I have these big, huge windows that I told you about in my desk space. And these big, huge windows have big, huge ledges. And the ledges are eight inches, the, the window ledges. So what I was able to do, even though I have these really nice wooden shades, um, even with the shades on there, I still have about six inches of, well, five and a half inches of ledge that I could set these base traps on. So each of the three windows have a base trap just sitting on the ledge. And then I took the 16 panels and placed them strategically throughout the wall space that I have in my office and in the other longer rectangle studio space. And it did an excellent job. And as I was installing these things on the walls, I'm like, wow, 
it feels different. This room has a different vibe to it. When you come in, it, it, it even the silence is is more silent. <laughs> uh, I know that does that probably makes sense. But anyway, it it was just amazing night and day difference. And then when you talk in here, even if you're not recording, even if you're not monitoring with headphones on, just talking in here, it just seems more of a of a a warm comfortable environment no echo it doesn't feel corporate or, or you know empty classroom it it just feels warm natural sound and it just is amazing and not only that but man it's incredibly changed my audio music listening in my office i have I happen to also have the sonos sound system in a sonos subwoofer and and I have uh, I have a play five that sits on my desk behind my computer I have two play threes on each side of my desk that work as a studio pair or a stereo pair of speakers so I have this whole surround sound of of audio on my desk and then I have a subwoofer in the corner over there and listening to it before it was good but again that you know just that echo you don't even realize it's there but it was there and man, when I listen to music now, oh, it is, oh, it's golden. I mean, it, it. I mean, it just sounds so rich and so warm and so, ah, it's incredible. So these basically, this sound absorption panels have radically transformed my audio music listening experience in my office. My just natural conversation with anybody that's sitting here at my desk. That's radically changed. I'm sure if I do end up doing any kind of classroom workshop stuff in this space, it will it will have a warm environment of sound. I, I hope you guys know what I mean when I say a warm environment of sound. Uh, but anyway, it'll have that there. My video, night and day difference of audio there. And it is, it's even benefiting the audio podcast here, even though it wasn't so noticeable before the echo. The fact is, is that Echo was there now, and it is completely eliminated now. So, yeah. And that 20-pack, by the way, ended up costing me $1,244. Now, once I installed all 16 of those panels, plus the bass traps and everything, I noticed that there was still this one wall this you know, to the side of my video studio space or, or where the video setup is, you know, where I would actually stand to record the video, I noticed there was still this one little wall space that didn't get the sound treatment. Now, chances are I probably went overkill on how close together I put these audio panels on all of the other walls. Chances are, like I said, if, if a professional came in here, he'd probably tell me I need only half of what I put in here. But I I just put them, you know, really rather close together and used up all 16 of those on the walls. And I had this little half wall that I just wanted to, I, I wanted to put the same, uh, I wanted to put two more panels on. And it is a taller wall than some of the other wall space that I have. And so I reached out to Audio Mute and I said, listen, I don't want to buy another pack. Can I talk to you about buying uh, just two two foot by four foot audio panels that would match the the black ones that I've already got with this kit. And I also want to know, is there a way to install these on the ceiling? And if so, would that would that go over well? And he's like, well, yeah, these would be great in the ceiling. And it'd be even better if you could find a way to install them so that they're actually not 
mounted to the ceiling, but it, that if there was like, let's just say anywhere between two to six inches of space between the ceiling and the audio, you know, the sound absorption panel to kind of let the audio get up under there and then, you know, the it, it would actually be absorbed into the backside as well because the backside of these panels are also absorbent for sound. And we got to talking about how, you know, I gave him some ideas of what I had for mounting them to the ceiling and he gave me some ideas and what we ended up doing is brainstorming and coming up with the idea of using eye hooks you know the little eye hooks that you can screw into drywall and and you get this little you know metal eye that you can thread things through and I had the idea of using uh, steel wire the real thin steel wire it's about the thickness of fishing line if you will but it's it's steel and that would allow me to drill holes into the back of these panels and then run that threaded through there and and then put it in. It, it just worked out perfect. And now these things are hanging in, in a way that looks really cool. And wow, as soon as I, I, I mean, when I installed the large room kit with 20 panels, 16 on the wall, the base panels and stuff like that, it was already pretty incredible. But then when my next shipment came in, which was, the the two extra black uh, two foot by four foot panels that I put on the wall that didn't get treated before, that changed everything. But man, when I installed two of the two foot by four foot white panels on the ceiling over top of the space where I'm doing my video studio, and then one two foot by four foot white panel above my desk area, it even further eliminated echo. I mean, it was the echo that was still left over. It was minimal at best. But I mean, now it just feels like I am in this acoustically sound studio. And this is a 518 square foot, big, wide open space. But I will tell you, I have been in radio studios where it is acoustically sound, where from ceiling to the floor, it is all acoustic panels everywhere for professional voice talent and radio shows and all of that other stuff. And my office, this huge 518 square foot studio space, both for the audio desk office area and the video studio slash training space over there, it all just sounds amazing with zero echo and it sounds as though you've walked into the one of the world's largest acoustically sound recording studios. And it it's awesome. So that's what has been going on here. Just a little bit of an investment. Probably just under $2,000 total. And it, it took a while before I was willing to put the money out there. And once I decided to go with the video studio setup. And I heard the audio and started to hear all the complaints. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Definitely got to pull the trigger on this one, and it was well worth it. Now, for those of you who are wondering, you know, should I get these panels? Chances are, if you're doing audio podcasting and you have carpeting and you have at least some furniture in your space and you have a little bit of echo, check it. Chances are, people, if that, if people aren't complaining about echo, you probably don't need to do anything. And if you do need to do something, do you need to go out and order all of these acoustic panels, these sound absorption panels? Chances are there are a lot of low-budget items that you could try to do on your own. In fact, you just look out there, just do a Google search, low-cost sound absorption options, 
I'm sure if you do that, you're going to see people out there that are talking about, you know, installing certain drapes and you know, all kinds of other things that you can do. Egg cartons, foam, all of this other stuff. For me, I had decided when we moved in that I wasn't ready to buy these sound acoustic panels at the time. I didn't feel like there was a, a desperate need for it. That money at the time could be invested more wisely elsewhere. And I knew that eventually I would get around to doing something to acoustically treat the studio space and that at one point it would become a necessity. And when it did, I knew for me, I wanted to actually do something that was equal to the quality of the construction of what we put into our home and also this office and studio space. And so that's why I went through the expense that I did here in my studio. But that's just one little thing that's been going on here for me and it's something that I'm pretty excited about and knowing that uh, there's so many of you out there that are podcasters and a lot of you are doing more and more video work and stuff like that, I figured you'd like to hear about these sound absorption panels and hear a little bit of the before and after and hear, hear how it sounds and and, and all of that stuff. And so that's why I wanted to create this particular podcast episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show for you guys to share with you my excitement and my joy over the fact that after two years of being in this space, I finally have the audio and video studio that I've always wanted and it is 100% echo free. There you go. Well, my friends, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. That's what I wanted to share with you. Until next time, I just want to encourage you to take everything you're doing to the next level. Are you thinking of launching your own podcast and don't know where to start? You could have your own high-quality podcast online in just under four weeks, even if you have absolutely no technical knowledge about how podcasting works. Intrigued? 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 Since 2006, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man, has trained thousands of people on how to launch a successful podcast. Cliff has coached top-ranked podcasters such as Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, Michael Stelzner, Dan Miller, John Lee Dumas, and the list goes on. Podcasting A to Z is a four-week group training course that leads you step-by-step through the setup of your very own podcast. Not just the technical side, but also the mindset that goes into creating a successful show as well. One thing is At the end of four weeks, you will have experienced one of the best investments you can make in taking your message to the next level. To learn more details about the course, head to podcastinga2z.com. Podcastinga2z.com.